Welcome to the podcast of C3 Church with today's message. A word for 2021 for this church. But if you're watching by live stream, this is a word for the body. And the Lord just, as I was in prayer, he just began to speak to me over several days that I had to write this down. So I wanted to give it to you today. He says, for I have put you through a great test, which in times past my children have failed. But you, my children, have passed the test. And for that, you will receive my great reward. Only trust in me, says the Lord. I will do wonders like you have never seen before. This is my time to arise and shine in and through you to reach the nations of this great land I created. Wicked men have celebrated like they are winning, but I will raise up my right hand and against them to utterly destroy them from the earth. Only my plan shall prevail in the land. Keep your eyes on my son, Jesus, as he leads my church through every situation and circumstance that was sent by me to make you strong and resilient during times of trouble. Only my bloodline will survive every attack from foreign lands sent to destroy my people, the righteous. This is not about America being saved. This is about saving my inheritance and my seed. You will always have a place in my kingdom and sit at my table if you endure to the end. There's coming a wave of blessings upon my church that will dumbfound the wicked. They will say, how in the world are they so blessed, healed, and free? It is because I will hide you under the shadow of my wings and defeat every enemy attack and every fiery dart thrown at you and your family. This is not just your season. This is my season to bless my church. Wow. I will do it, and none can stop the hand of the Lord. My glory will shine like the morning, and my presence will go forth like the church, to the church and the community like a flood. It will engulf everything in its path and shake everything that can be shaken. Some will fall by the side. But others will fall on their knees and receive the refreshing flow of my son's shed blood to cleanse the drugs and the alcohol, the lust, the sin, the thoughts, and the bad living. And I know that I will remove it by my hand, says the Lord. My church will praise me. My church will surrender to me. Only be of good courage because the fight is not over. The enemy feels like he has gotten the upper hand. But I will show him, as I have done many times before, that the most high rules in the kingdom of men, and I will give my glory to none other than my children. I am the Lord, that is my name, that will be praised throughout the earth. I will respond to that name, and that name only. Jesus is my son, and his name is greater than every name ever given. Use his name in, in the battles of your life in your marriage, in your businesses, in the community, in the land, and watch the miracles take place. I am a miracle-working God, and I have never changed. 
My hand has never been slack. My reach has never been limited. I will do exactly what I have proclaimed in my word and in my visions to you and, and in my dreams to you that I have sent to you in the middle of the night watches. I never sleep so I see everything coming and everything going. I am your security. I am your protector. I am your provider. I am your grace and your keeper. This is my word to you. Do not let the enemy steal your identity and take your birthright. Don't let him bully and intimidate you. I am empowering you to do beyond what you've ever thought you could do. Trust in the spirit man, not your flesh. Be aware of your blind spots. I am your father and your God. Watch me and see my power and my glory shine in the earth. For behold, the day is coming burning like an oven. And all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be turned to stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts. This will leave them neither root nor branch. But to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. And, and you shall go out and grow like a, a, a well-fatted fed calf. <laughs> you shall trample the wicked, and for they shall be ashes under your souls of your feet. The day of maturity has arrived for my children, and I will no longer accept lukewarm worship, passionless praise, and uncommitted hearts. My church was never meant to be a seeker-sensitive social gathering for sinners, nor is it an anointing addiction fix for saints. My house is a house of prayer for all nations, and my people are commanded to gather to show my glory. Are you ready for the challenge? As mature sons, you know how to be content with blessings and sufferings. Both are used to show my glory. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is I who sits on the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers unto me. I bring the princes to nothing and make the judges of the earth useless. Turn to me in repentance in this hour, and I promise to turn to you. Turn to me in worship and allow my love to saturate your hearts and reveal any and everything that does not represent me. It is in worship where I reveal your heart's true condition. Worship me in the beauty of holiness. Turn your worship from the house of God to the God of the house and see what I will release in your life. I am your father and your God. And none can remove me from my throne. Believe in my prophets and prosper in the words spoken and the character and integrity of heart that they walk in. Follow them as they follow me. Keep your hearts pure and sincere in the day of trouble so your blessings will be secure. As for me, there's none like unto the Lord of hosts. My love for my children is everlasting love. Not to be trampled upon, but to be received and delivered to others in need. This is my word to you, my beloved. Do not be weary in well-doing, for you will reap if you faint not, says the Lord of glory. For every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places made straight, and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Come on and bless the Lord for that word. Come on, if you receive that word into your life today, come on and bless the Lord for it.
I'll be emailing this out to the church, and he gave me two scriptures to back up what I'm just speaking about in Isaiah chapter 62, 10 to 12. It says, go through, go through the gates, prepare the way for the people, build up, build up the highway, take out the stones, that's the tough and the, 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 the rough places of your life, lift up a banner for the people. Indeed, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the world, say to the daughter of Zion, surely your salvation is coming, behold, his reward is with him and his work before him, and they shall call them holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. You shall be called, sought out. He's talking about you. Somebody say he's talking about me. You shall be called, sought out, a city, not forsaken. And then he gave me First Chronicles chapter 16, 23, 31. It says, sing to the Lord, O the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all people. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all of the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his dwelling place. Ascribe to the Lord all you families of the nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. The word is firmly established. It cannot be moved. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Come on, somebody say that with me. The Lord reigns. All right, come on and praise the Lord for that word. Amen. That is a word for you for 2021. Amen? If you don't receive it, I get it myself. Praise the Lord. Now, out of that word, you heard. The fight is not over. We're just beginning to fight. Amen? Last year was just preparation for you to be prepared for the war. So now, you're just getting out of boot camp. <laughs> and you know that once you get out of boot camp now it's time for you to fight so boot camp was not easy to go through it never is but now you're prepared come on somebody so God is taking you from boot camp to the battlefield this is where we're going now so it's time to fight so open your Bibles with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 58 Isaiah chapter 58. Are you ready for the word this morning? Come on. You ready for the word by live stream? Come on and give us some likes and some love there on live stream. Isaiah chapter 58. As I was praying and seeking the Lord about the direction of the family this year, um, I feel like he's given us a strategic concentration. Um, and our theme for this year it's going to pick up from last year. Um, our theme for this year is raising up the foundations of a generation. Raising up the foundations of a generation. And the Lord just took me here to, I believe, Isaiah chapter 58, and just begin to lay out uh, a strategic plan and a direction for the ministry. Uh, I believe that God is calling us for greatness. I don't believe that you have been allowed to go through so much hell 
and you persevere just so you can sit on your talents and your gifts and the callings of God and the anointing. Don't you know if I am going to go through boot camp, then I want to take what I've learned in the battlefield. Come on, somebody. So it will be equivalent to you understanding uh, in the natural, you've been taught how to use your M16. But when you go into the battlefield, you leave it at home. So when we leave the weapons at home and we don't utilize them, then you are going to lose. So I believe a lot of Christians are losing the battle simply because they've forgotten how to use their weapons. And so what's happening is we are leaving cracks in the foundation for the next generation and they're falling through the cracks because we're too busy trying to appease people rather than speaking the truth. Are you here with me this morning? So we got to raise up the foundations of a generation. In Isaiah chapter 58, I want to start reading at verse 6. The Bible says, Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness? To undo heavy burdens? To let the oppressed go free? And that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? And that you bring to your house the poor who is cast out? When you see the naked, that you cover him? And not hide yourself from your own flesh? Then, then, your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. You, you understand what a rear guard is, right? Rear guard is part of the military that stays behind and makes sure that no one is going to come behind you and attack you from the back. That's a rear guard. God said, I got you protected. That no matter uh, where the enemy tries to come, I got you covered. Verse 9 says, then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. Isn't that a great promise? Yes. That if you call, he said, I will answer, and you shall cry, and he will say, here I am. If, somebody say if. Yes. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of your finger, and the speaking of wickedness, pointing at somebody else, blaming somebody else. Oh, come on, somebody. Yes. If you extend your soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul, somebody say, then? Yes. Then your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. If then. If then means you got a decision to make. So the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought. That's a good news because sometimes we get in dry places. God say, I'll satisfy you. And strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden. And like a spring of water whose water do not fail. Those from among you. Now this is the last verse. Because this is where the Lord took me. To talk about raising up the foundations of a generation. He says those among you. Somebody say he's talking about me. So when you read verse 12. You got to make this thing personal. He said those from among you. Shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations. Of many generations. Hello somebody. This is a promise from the Lord, and he said, you shall do this. My children shall do this. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets or paths to dwell in. My Father, thank you for the reading of the word. 
I pray that you would transform my tongue to be the pen of a ready writer. Hide my flesh behind the cross so nothing but the purity and the sincerity of your word will come through. May your word edify and build your people up today. Father, I believe when we stick to your word, your word will stick to us. I believe you're here with us in this building and on our live stream this morning. And I pray, Father, that you will get all the glory for it all. Nothing more, nothing less. My God, nothing else. In Jesus' name. And the saints of God say amen. 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 Saints, if we do our part, God promises to do his part. Now, the book of Isaiah is a very fascinating book, and it's called the Mini Bible because the first 39 chapters of the book is like the first 39 books of the Bible. Uh, it deals with some of the things that, that happened in the Old Testament, denunciations and, and pronouncements. And then the next 27 chapters of the book is like the next 27 books of the Bible. It unfolds God's future blessings and salvation through his Messiah. The prophet's role was and is to speak for God. Let me say that one more time. The prophet's role was and is to speak for God, confronting the people and their leaders with God's commands and promises. Because of this confrontational stance and the continual tendency of people to disobey God, true prophets, like true apostles, were not very popular. But through their messages, often, though their messages often went unheeded, they faithfully and forcefully continued to speak the truth. Isaiah called the people to turn their lives from sin and warned them of God's judgment and punishment. And Isaiah 58 speaks of a people who've missed the point of living a vital relationship with God. Now, we all can go off course. Amen, somebody. Amen. And so sometimes you need somebody in your life to say, hey, you, got, you need to get yourself together. Hey, you need to get back on track with God. What about what God has spoken to you? What about the prophecies that we have talked about or the dreams that we have gone over in your life? See, these people traded true worship for the false worship of religious rituals. Oh, come on. Let me say that again. They had, they had traded true worship for the false worship of, of religious rituals, and they were just going through the motions. Not really growing at all in the Lord. I don't know who I'm talking to today. Because sometimes when you go through a tumultuous time or season, you might feel like that you're not growing at all. The prophets also confront the people about not understanding the true meaning, the true power, and the true purpose of fasting. If you, don't, if you saw that in the first beginning of what I was reading, he was talking about his proper fast. Yeah. And so this is important because a lot of us are fasting for this new year, yeah. right? We're coming into this new year. A lot of us are going to be doing uh, extended fast and so forth. A lot of churches are doing that right now. God says he wants our fasting to go beyond our own personal growth to acts of kindness and love and justice and generosity. 
If you if you understand the scriptures, it talks about we got to go from fasting for personal gain to start doing the things that he has called us to do in the community, feeding the homeless, clothing the naked, and so forth, because then we are the hands and feet of Jesus, and there should be an outward manifestation of an inward work. You don't just fast just to get things from God. You fast so God can change you on the inside, so God can get something from us. Isaiah 58 also teaches us that if we stop oppressing the helpless and stop making false accusations and spreading vicious rumors, feed the hungry and help those in trouble, then your light shall shine out from darkness. And the darkness around you will be as bright as the noonday, the Bible says. The Lord will guide you continually, watering your life when you are dry, and he will keep you healthy. You will be like a well-watered garden. Like an ever-flowing spring, the children, uh, somebody say he's talking about me. He said, the children shall rebuild the waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called a repairer and a restorer. Can God use you today to repair? Can God use you today to bring restoration to someone else? Can you allow the Lord to speak into your heart for somebody else? Can you just forget about all of the stuff you're going through for just a moment so God can use you so that he can get his word to somebody else? Could we do that today, saints of God? Beloved, through the passing of time, many generations have suffered moral decay just like ours and ruin. But God is calling us as a remnant church to be radical, remnant, breakthrough believers to repair and restore what has been broken and depleted. We are called and commanded to use the power of the name of Jesus and the authority of the Holy Ghost to advance the gospel of the kingdom. God has given us the Holy Ghost so that we can go out and advance the kingdom of Christ. God didn't give us grace as some kind of get out of hell free card. God gave us grace to advance his causes. Come on, somebody. Use his power to repair and restore broken places, broken marriages. Broken faith, broken dreams, and broken families. Our community is broken right now. This nation is broken right now. And God wants to use the church and his children to bring restoration power to this nation. I don't know about you, but I want to do something that will outlast my life. Let me say that one more time. I want to do something that will outlast my life. And I refuse to concede to the inevitability of a triumph of evil and sin. I'm just not going to sit back and just watch sin run rampant without making my voice heard. Without taking a stand to say, no, that's not right and this is not right and this is why. Because the Bible said so and we take a stand right now not to be paralyzed by what we see. But we get motivated and move out into the things of the Lord. Are you here with me this morning? How will you be remembered in times of crisis? Will you be a David and known to slay giants? Or will you be like Saul and his men, known to be paralyzed by fear? If we can trust God when nobody's looking, can't we trust God when men are? I said, let me say that one more time. If we can trust God when nobody's looking, David trusted God when nobody else was around. To keep the few sheep. So David had a trust with God that nobody else knew. So when he got in front of men, 
there was no fear in David. Goliath couldn't bring fear to David because Goliath had been basking in the faith of God while the men and Saul had been basking in the fear of man. And as long as you keep basking in the fear of man, when the time comes for you to stand for God, you won't stand in faith. And then you'll blame other people. Oh, God, come on. Who are trying to take a stand. David, why are you here? Is there not a cause? You just came to see the battle. Well, obviously somebody should have come because they weren't doing anything about it. And David began to hear this giant tent just going after the men of God. And boy, David rose up to something, rose up in him. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Come on, you got to have something to rise up in you when you see all the hell that's breaking loose in our nation and the degradation that's happening and how people are living and running amok and trying to tell us there are no genders and, and trying to tell us that all of this stuff we need to forget about. The Bible is not relevant any longer. All of this stuff, somebody needs to stand up and say, who is this uncircumcised nation trying to rise up against the nation of God? Is that in you today? Yes. Tell you what, I'm fired up. I'm fired up today, and I'm ready to take on all that God has for me to take on. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, Paul says, According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another one builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds. Yes. See, this is the thing right here, saints of God. Take heed how you build. Some people are building on stubble. Some people are building on hay. But see, we have to take heed on how we build because we can only build according to his pattern. See, this is what he spoke to Moses, and he told Moses, I want you to build according to my pattern. See, Moses just couldn't design what he wanted. Moses had to build according to the pattern of God. You just can't have a church like you want. This is not me, church. He said, I'm going to build my church. He said, I'm not building yours. I'm building my church. And so to build his church, you have to build according to his pattern as a master builder. Come on, somebody. And so in order for you to understand what the plan is, you got to go to the plan. You can't build your own way. you got to build your way. Here is the plan. And you have to go to the plan to execute the blueprint. My God, this is why the enemy don't want us reading the Bible, because if you mess around there and start reading the Bible, you might grow stronger. You might find comfort. You might find peace for your soul. Your mind might start acting right again, and you might start making better choices. So the devil don't want you reading the word, because the word will start reading you, and you make changes in your life, because there's an inward change that manifests itself on our choices. Saints, we have to go back to the foundation stones of biblical excellence and sound doctrinal competency. We have to go from living the first principles of Christ and move on to maturity. See, we just can't stay, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm saved, and I've been saved for 20 years, but you haven't done anything. What are you doing with it? What's your passion? What are your gifts? How many people are you blessing? How many people have you led to the Lord? How many people can count on you right now? In a crisis, can you be counted on? Uh, uh, will you be in the break every time something goes wrong? Come on, somebody. Psalms 11 and 3 says, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Notice how often it talks about the foundation. It's important on how you build. 
take heed how you build. If you don't have a strong foundation in your marriage, then when the crisis comes, it's only going to reveal problems. It's not going to bring problems. Amen. The reason people are having problems in their marriages because of this pandemic is because the problems were already there. Amen. Come on, somebody. All the crisis did was reveal it to you. See, a crisis is only going to reveal how lukewarm you are. I might need to preach this somewhere else. I don't know if they're ready for this one. Maybe they're ready on Facebook because a crisis, man, will come into your life to reveal just how close you are to the Father. First yeah. mm. Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 says, For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. You've got to know that there's only one foundation, and that's Jesus. Right? There's only one way to get to the Father, and that's right. Jesus. Unfortunately, we got a lot of church folk that don't know Jesus. Right. You, can, you can tell just by how they act. They still cussing people out, drinking, smoking weed, and going to church and logging on the live Facebook like they're Christians. Like God don't know what's in your house. Like God don't know what you was looking at last night. What you was clicking on. God is in your house. And you might have to clean your own house out. And I'm not talking about the house you live in. I'm talking about the house you walk in. Yeah, Sometimes you got to get this house clean. That's why fasting and praying and worship is so important. It cleans the pipe out. Come on, somebody. So that God can get his word through you, not to you, through you. Sometimes we got so much muck and stuff inside of us, God can't get his word through us. Mm, okay. Foundation means beginnings. First principles of an institution or system of truth. The Merriam-Webster says it is an underlying base or a support. That's the foundation. Now it's important. Listen to this. In Acts chapter 2 verse 42, we learned that 3,000 new believers that were converted on the day of Pentecost did something back then that we need to take notice of today. The Bible says that they continued steadfastly or the word constantly or persistently in the apostles' doctrines and in fellowship and in breaking of bread. We have a divine mandate from God to raise up the moral and doctrinal foundation because we are in a day when ethical uh, absolutes and all truth statements are under attack. You see that, don't you say? I mean, just, just this past week, the house just passed that you can't say, a son or a man or a woman anymore in the house. Wow. Now they've, they've uh, taken, they're trying to be this, I don't know what they're trying to be. They're just confused. They're just confused. Right? Can't say husband or wife. I don't know what your father, mother, son, daughter. Can't say these words. They took these words out of the house. The house of representatives. See, these people are so lukewarm and so backwards, they don't even know how idiotic they are. They don't even know how. Okay, I'm just stop right there. Because you have to be blind by scales on your eyes if you don't see how the demons are running people. Hmm. Worse yet is the fact that many emerging pastors they don't want to attack people with the real word because they're too busy trying to fill up seekers on Facebook. So teaching about doctrine might not be something that most churches want to talk about or most people want to listen to, but doctrine is the reason why we have become so lukewarm. 
Because when we don't know what our foundation truly is on spiritual doctrine, they continue steadfastly in the doctrines of the apostles. Why? This is what made them strong. This is why they didn't need anybody to pat them on the back. They didn't need anybody to tell them to come to church. Because they understood by the word of God what they were supposed to do. Today we have Christians and preachers putting their politics before their personal relationship with Jesus. Yeah. We see that today. Yeah. Jesus is the only answer to the broken relationships with God. And Jesus is the only name that we can proclaim to which this nation needs to hear today. That's right. Listen, listen, let me just help you out. Who's in the White House don't change who's on the throne? <laughs> that, that changes every four years, every eight years. But God is still on the throne. Yeah. Hello, somebody. What do you put your trust in? I don't put my trust in the government, that's for sure. I put my trust in the Lord. The Bible said, don't, don't put your arm, don't trust the arm of the flesh. You trust in the Lord for all of your sustenance, for everything that you do, your family, your job, your business, your ministry, your children, your marriage, you trust in the Lord. He is the only answer for us today. And Isaiah wonders about 27 Hundred years ago, listen to this. Listen to this as we look at what's happening in our nation and around the world. Isaiah 20, Isaiah 5 and 20 says this. Woe to those who call good evil and evil good. Don't we say that today? It's evil to follow the Lord. What do you mean? What do you mean you want to live right? Wait a minute. Why are you telling me that a man shouldn't be with a man, a woman shouldn't be with a woman? I can do whatever I want to. You can. Yes. That has nothing to do with John Lofton. Those are your choices. You can make whatever choices you want. Amen, somebody. You can fall in love with who you want. But just because it feels good to you, don't make it godly. That's right. Amen. Woe to those who call good evil and evil good who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Doesn't that sound like the newspaper today or reading something on the internet today? Yes. That people are trading good for evil? Now it's evil to open up your business. Now it's evil to go to church, but you can go to the strip club. You can go get your liquor at the ABC store. That's good. Go to church? Bad. What kind of nonsense is this? Wait a minute. I can go get drunk? And I can go put some dollar bills. I heard somebody say they did this. I can go put <laughs> I, praise the Lord. I can put some dollar bills in the G string. But I can't go praise the big G. What kind of nonsense is this? And then you got Christians following suit. This is a great warning because when people see no distinction between good and evil, destruction soon follows. This is why this generation, the foundations of this generation is running amok. Now you can't tell young people anything today. Living right? Go to church? Gosh. Right? Why? Because the foundation has been destroyed. And you know why? Because the church has been so weak. Not speaking the truth. Standing on biblical principles. But we have been for 13 years. Right? We're not a mega ministry, but we got a mega heart. Amen, Amen somebody. Amen. We got more people following us now than we ever have before. Why? Because people want to hear the truth, even when it hurts. 
Because the truth is the only thing that's going to set you free. And because not near one of y'all or anybody on Facebook called me to this position, I don't have to please any of you. I just need to please him. And as long as I stick with God and as long as I please him, then you know you're going to get the word of truth. Hello, somebody. Listen to this one. Let me give you this one. Isaiah. We're still in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 1 says, Woe to those who make unjust laws and oppressive decree. What are we seeing now with our judges? The judges don't understand what's right and what's wrong. Why? Because they're getting their pockets padded through. Money laundering. So it's, it's, it's okay. How much, how much? How much of a voice do you need? Will determine which way I decide. Come on, somebody. Money. Money has corrupted a whole lot of officials. It's the root of all evil. The love of it. And people are in love with money, but not in love with God. There are people who love the king's things without the king. No, Jesus, I just want your stuff. No, I want to go to church so I can get blessed. No, no, I don't want to go through anything. No, no, I don't want to be challenged. No, I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it, how I want to do it, with who I want to do it with. But I still want to be saved. Can I get that one? See, it's, like, it's almost like you have a smorgasbord or a buffet with God. And you get to choose and determine how you want God. Do you do, see, and, and what's interesting is on the, on the side where all the meat is, Ain't nobody down there. But they over here where the sweets are. It's a whole lot. I want the sweets of Jesus, but I want the meat. Because the meat tells me I got to legislate my lifestyle somehow. Oh, the meat tells me now I got to make better. You mean I got to make better choices? I've been living this way for 40 years. I've always been this way. From the old country. But the Bible says if any man be in Christ, Old things have passed away. Behold, have become new. So you're in a new family now, so your old family don't matter. You have a new bloodline. Come on, somebody. All you have to do is open your eyes and look around, and you can see unjust judges. You can see unjust government officials making oppressive decrees and policies. Don't we see that today? You know our children should be in school. They're making these oppressive policies. Listen, listen, let me just say this. New York City was empty for New Year's, except a few politicians and CNN and CNBC and Fox News people. They were down there, but you couldn't be down there. But in Wuhan, where the virus came from, they were packed in the streets. What what, what, what is there? Saints, at some point, you just don't have to say enough is enough. I'm getting out of my house. And I'm going somewhere. Amen. The Church of Jesus Christ is the only entity in the world that can rid this nation and the world of this cancer called sin. We are it, saints. When they get full control and close the church doors, what are you going to do then? Well, I'm going to just go home. I'm not. I'm still be preaching. Somebody going to listen. Somewhere, if I got to do all digital, that's what I'll do. If I got to walk from door to door and say, hey, you know Jesus? I'll go to the cul-de-sac. We got a cul-de-sac. I'll go to the cul-de-sac with a mic and a speaker and call attention to the whole community and say, listen here, y'all need the Lord. 
I can see y'all. I know y'all need the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Oh, you're not going to sit at home. You're going to do something, right? Right? Amen. You can't be sitting at home. Proverbs 14, 34 says, righteousness exalts a nation. For sin is a reproach to any people. Righteousness lifts up and prospers a nation. Righteousness. Righteousness. Not a new president. Righteousness. The presidential office is going to change, but how are you going to live? Righteousness. People burn down buildings because of unrighteousness. People loot and riot because of unrighteousness. People shoot down people in the streets because of unrighteousness. Righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach to any people. And if you're not dealing with the foundation and the root of what the problem really is, because of not race, it's sin. If you take your sin out, you won't have to worry about a racial issue. But we're dealing with race when sin is the root. You destroy the root, you destroy the fruit of it. I got one come on. I might have a couple of come ons on Facebook, praise the Lord. Carl Zimmerman, I do a lot of research on this stuff. He's a Harvard sociologist, and he warned this. He made this warning in one of his papers. He said that moral degradation in society has been a largely ignored major factor in the fall of past civilizations. And when you look at the past of major civilizations that have fallen, you know how it started? Moral degradation. They fail morally first, not because of their leader. The people fail because they, in spite of their leadership, wouldn't live right. So in spite of who's in the White House, I'm going to still live right. I'm going to still take care of my family. Amen, somebody. Life doesn't stop with a election. You gotta keep on living. You gotta keep living for your family, doing things for the Lord. Don't just stop, saints of God. Is that making sense at all? I hope it is. For example, the Bible talks about Israel. When Israel was led by a good king, they prospered. But as soon as they had a bad king, everybody just followed the bad king. And guess what? They went into exile. Listen, I don't care how bad people are that are in leadership. I'm not following bad leadership. I'm going to follow the Lord. Amen, somebody. This is what we must be determined to do. Godly Christians make good citizens. I said godly Christians make good citizens. And it's it's, it's interesting that they don't want godly people. But it's godly people who make good citizens. Right? But what the deal is, they don't mess around there and woke up the sleeping giant of the Christian. And now we're raising up on your behind. Now we're just not going to sit back and take it. Now we're saying, oh, no, no, no. No, we got revivals going on on beaches. Yes, yes. We got revivals going on in parking lots. Come on. They, they didn't want them to, to open up church in Nevada, so they opened up all the gambling halls. So the churches started renting places in the gambling halls and having church. Amen. Makes sense to me. Yes. Amen, somebody. So what it has done is it has awakened the church of the living God to say, no more. We're not going to take this sitting down. The Bible said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. So what are we going to do? Right. Oh, pastor, I'm just, I just got to figure it all out. <laughs> Our documents are still the same right now. I must say right now. 
it's still the same. It says we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And that we have endowed, been endowed by our creator, not Mother Earth. They're going to change it. Why? They're going to change that to Mother Earth, the, the, the universe. They're going to change it to something. But it won't change me. And we shouldn't change you because you should know who your creator is. I don't need the Declaration of Independence to tell me who created me. Amen. But that's going to change too. But when all of that stuff changes, will you? Or are you going to stand strong on the foundation of Jesus Christ and know you're going to follow him regardless of whatever people do? Christian doctrine has several foundational principles. And one of the greatest is God's sovereignty over the affairs of his creation. God is sovereign. If you don't believe it, Daniel chapter 4, verse 17 proves it out. That's why I'm giving you a lot of scripture today. But the Bible says, but this has been decreed by the messengers. It is commanded by the holy ones so that everyone may know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men. He gives them to anyone he chooses, even the lowliest of people. See, God has the final say-so. And we must trust him no matter the cost. But God is going to strip the coat off a lot of them. He's already done it. He's getting ready to turn the heat up. Amen. All right, let me give you this final scripture because I got a lot more to share with you. I don't stop right now. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina at 5805. West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina, 28079, or on the web, c3churchnc.org, or on facebook.com, forward slash c3indiantrailnc.org.